I'm Kathy Zip, Associate Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Today I'm here with Rick Gilbert, Vice President of Solar Source, which is one of Solar Power World's top 100 solar contractors. As a Florida-based solar installer, Rick will tell us why, at this moment, the Sunshine State is actually one of the least solar-friendly. Florida actually lags behind many others on total installed capacity. In fact, Rick says the state actually has policies that block solar development on any kind of medium to large scale. So we're looking forward to hearing more about Florida's solar policy issues. Thank you so much for being here with us, Rick. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today, Kathy. Can you start off by telling us what kind of renewable policies, if any, Florida does have? Well, actually, Florida currently lacks any kind of comprehensive policy. At this moment, as you mentioned, uh, the Sunshine State is one of the least solar-friendly states and lags behind many other states. Not only do we lack any kind of solar policy, but as you also alluded to, we have policies that actually block any kind of large-scale development of solar here. Why wouldn't such a sunny state have stronger solar policies? Well, and that's a really good question. It doesn't necessarily have a very logical answer, but the Florida House here has actually deemed that no third-party power selling may occur. This includes any kind of power purchase agreements found in other states and other countries and any other forms of creative financing. In most cases, they even view leasing as a PPA in disguise. Can you give us a short overview of the history concerning the Florida Supreme Court and its Public Service Commission and solar? Absolutely. And this dates back to uh, 1988. There was a group, PW Ventures, that petitioned the Florida Supreme Court for the ability to offer cogeneration to a local business, basically a PPA where the customer pays for the electricity generated by a solar farm over time. The Florida PSC declared that the PPA falls under their jurisdiction Basically, and I'll read directly off of the ruling to you, the PSC determined that the appellate's cogeneration project within its regulatory jurisdiction because the public interest required limiting competition in the sale of electric service and the granting of electric power monopolies was in the public interest. What they basically said, and this is interesting, is that if they allow large companies and businesses to go solar through a PPA, that that is going to hurt ratepayers because the power companies, the electric utilities, are going to have to raise homeowners' rates to make up for their lost profits. I don't know a better analogy. It's like holding a gun to someone's sister's head if they don't do what you do. It's saying, if we don't make the money off these businesses, we're going to make up for that money somewhere else. They're actually here in Florida guaranteed a net profit of 10%. So if you read between the lines, they're saying, we don't want solar because we'll lose money and we'll have to raise rates on somebody else to get the money back. How can you attempt to explain its view on solar? The key words here is they said that it was in the public interest to limit competition and to grant electric power monopolies. Now, the United States I grew up in does not limit competition and does not allow monopolies. But again, they basically said that the utilities are allowed to have a monopoly on electricity because it's in the best interest of ratepayers. If they lose profits on a company, they're going to have to make it up through ratepayers. But yet, as we all know, that does not conform to public perception. Time and again, regardless of political affiliation, right, left, or independent, the public has very much spoken in favor of solar. 
but the state has decided to make fossil fuel profits the number one priority over clean energy, saving money in the environment. I think it's similar to a mob mentality where you're told you can't do something or it'll hurt your family. If you own a business and want a solar PPA, it'll essentially cause your parents' power bill at their home to increase. Considering 38 other states have already deemed it's in the best interest to rate payers to offer some sort of standards and goals with regards to renewable energy, and the former governor of Florida not only installed solar, we put solar at the governor's mansion, but he also issued an executive order for a statewide RPS. It's really hard to imagine how the Florida legislation could have an entirely different conclusion from the majority of the USA and the world for that matter. What has former Florida Governor Charlie Crist's involvement been with solar? Well, in 2007, he signed an executive order with a 20% renewable RPS goal by 2020. This means that he wanted 20% of Florida's power to be renewable by 2020. However, his own party at the time shot it down and then went even further to block citizens from getting funded solar rebates for systems they'd already purchased. Based on the specific representatives pushing this agenda, it appeared to Floridians another attempt to basically put a black eye on the solar industry. I've even heard opponents of the statewide RPS make ridiculous claims like Florida's too cloudy or the recent Fox News report that we don't get sunshine like they do in Germany, which, as we all know, is total fabricated mistruths aimed at skewing the general public's perception of solar. How do things stand now, and what is SolarSource doing to strengthen Florida's solar policy? Obviously, at this time, the solar industry in Florida is still lagging behind other states with no incentives other than a simple sales tax exemption. While we're grateful for this, it obviously pales in comparison with other programs out there like New Jersey, California, Tennessee. SolarSource has a licensed and accredited school SolarSource Institute, and we promote solar by all means possible. When we install a system, we always include a learning component aimed at the general public. We hold training sessions for teachers and students from elementary school up to college level on how solar works, how it benefits the environment, how it saves people money. We even hold uh, ribbon-cutting events with public awareness seminars for almost every commercial and government system we install. If you're City Hall and you have a solar system going up on your roof, we make sure that we really promote that to the public. We throw an entire community party around it. Anything we can do to kind of raise general public awareness and, of course, here at Solar Source, we house the administration for the Florida Alliance for Renewable Energy and, of course, FLACIA, the Florida chapter of the Solar Energy Industry Association. We send groups up to Lobby Day in Tallahassee. We work with our state representatives as much as possible. But, again, it's a battle we've been fighting for a while, but we're not giving up. And how can others get involved if they wish? First, they can write and or call their local representative and let them know they want solar in their community. Second, I'd ask everybody listening to please join FAIR and FLACIA. The FAIR group, Florida Alliance for Renewable Energy, is a grassroots movement in Florida specifically focused on solar policy. And, of course, a lot of people listening are familiar with SIA, so FLACIA is the Florida chapter of the main national solar support group. Both organizations put forth tremendous efforts towards shaping solar policy, public perception of solar policy. They have events all the time. And as I mentioned before, coincidentally, SolarSource has board members of both groups on staff. Wayne Wallace, the president and founder of SolarSource, is also the president of FLACIA and was instrumental in starting FAIR. And I have two other full-time SolarSource staff members that are board members of FAIR. And again, we have the administration for both here. I really think that anyone that wants to get involved, of course, should always write their congressman. And nothing gets you more involved like installing solar on your home or business. Well, we've been speaking with Rick Gilbert, Vice President at Florida-based installer SolarSource. Rick has given us some interesting insight into the state's solar policies, or lack thereof, what SolarSource is doing to strengthen them, and how you can help. So thanks so much for being here with us, Rick. Thank you so much as well.
This has been Solar Speaks, Solar Power World Magazine's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. I'm Kathy Zip, Associate Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time.